You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Talking Brewers baseball today, this Tuesday, September 20th, with Adam McKelvey, our Brewers reporter. Adam, thank you as always for the time and a pretty nice weekend for the crew at uh, Wrigley this past weekend as Milwaukee takes three of four from the newly minted NL Central champion Cubs. And, you know, Adam, the optimist is going to say, you know, great series for the crew against the consensus best team in baseball. The pessimist might say, well, okay, they got those wins against a Cubs team, which might have been on cruise control a little bit after celebrating their NL Central division title. They didn't have the varsity squad out there for the entire four-game series. So at what end of the spectrum does the truth uh, lie here, Adam? Well, it's probably in the middle, which is boring, but but <laughs> usually the correct answer. You know, number one, the Cubs' B team is <laughs> still a really good team. Uh, that would probably be a lot of big league teams. Uh, so I think the Brewers should feel good about the, the way they played. And look, in the bigger picture, this is a team that is playing well lately. They've already, as we speak, matched their win total from last year with a dozen games to go. So that's a little bit of progress. And somehow they've got the best starting pitching in baseball for a month, <laughs> which I didn't see coming. Uh, you know, they had the worst starting pitching by far in baseball in April. So to finish strong, I think that's been notable. Um, and, you know, that, that's important no matter who you're playing. So I, I think that there are uh, reasons that Craig Council is a little optimistic. He talks a lot lately about having competition on the roster, and that's for hitters and pitchers. The guys know that this team is probably going to be largely intact for next year, and they're playing for jobs for next year. That's kind of exactly how Craig Council wanted to dial it up here for the final stretch, and he feels good about the way they're playing. So whether it's the A team or the B team, somewhere in between, I think that Craig Council is feeling pretty positive. It's just about the brand of baseball he's putting out there. As well, he should. And you brought up the great point that, uh, you know, the Cubs JV team is still better than most teams, you know, varsity squads. They're they're that deep and that talented. So uh, that's something to hang their hat on if you're the Brewers to take three of four. And the fact that it took a Cubs rally in the one game they did win. Uh, they were, Milwaukee had a 4-2 lead in the ninth, couldn't hold it. They win, uh, the Cubs win on the Montero walk-off in the 10th. So if not for that... We're talking about a four-game sweep. So, by and large, a great weekend overall for this Milwaukee team. And, uh, Adam, something I wanted to touch on is that you had a great article uh, which incorporated uh, StatCast, and I'm I'm all about StatCast. I've got Mike Petriello's autograph, and, I, you know, I, I, I soak <laughs> it all in. I, I devour all the StatCast numbers and graphics and metrics and really into it. And you had a great one regarding uh, Chris Carter, and uh, he has now set the all-time franchise record for Ks in a season – as of this talk, it's 191. That's going to be well over 200 by the end of the regular season, barring something un- unforeseen. But the graphic you had, uh, again, for StatCast, uh, I believe he's taken 51 called third strikes this year. 26 of those, so just over half, have been either on the fringes of the zone or just outside. So I look at that, and that kind of begs the question in my mind, does Carter's reputation hurt him? where those borderline pitches go against him because, well, it's Chris Carter. The guy strikes out a ton, whereas other batters that don't have that reputation, don't have that stigma, might get those calls. Is there, is there something to this here regarding Carter? Well, look, I, I asked him that exact question because I'm curious about that as well. It's just like a great pitcher getting the call on the edge of the zone. Does he get that call because he's you know Adam Wainwright, because he's Tom Glavin? We saw Glavin do that for uh, the, uh, uh, the majority of his career. And I think that does probably hurt him a little bit. They're, they're, uh, the strikeouts are a really interesting topic to me because 
you know, you want to say, well, this is a terrible thing that Chris Carter set the franchise record and that the Brewers are on pace to break the all-time record for strikeouts. But I think you've got to look a little deeper than that. Um, it, it's, it's also true that they are the second most patient club in baseball, um, which is one of the knocks on this team in recent years is that they're way too aggressive when they had Carlos Gomez swinging at everything. They were always criticized for this. Well, now they're second behind the Blue Jays. So part of this is that they're deep in counts. They're in a lot of two-strike counts, and they're striking out in those counts. And the strikeouts have undoubtedly hurt them because uh, they're in the top half of baseball and on-base percentage and, and base runners, and they're in the bottom half in terms of runs and hitting with runners in scoring position. And they've been particularly bad, I think worse in the league, with getting a runner from third with less than two outs. And the strikeouts are surely a big part of that. That's the worst position to have a strikeout, and it's a, a spot where the Brewers have struck out a lot. So there's definitely room to be improved, and Darnell Cole, their hitting coach, said it's something that you know, they, they work through and think through in batting practice to try to get better at. And Craig Council hopes that, since there are a lot of young guys in this lineup, that in time, in experience, logging at bats, that it's something they can improve on. Um, so, you know, they're, they're an interesting offensive team in that, you know, you want to look at the raw numbers and say strikeouts are bad and they're going to set a, re- a bad record. But there are a couple of positive things that they can point to, and most of that is that they get on base. And, and Chris Carter is a, a good example of that. And, and uh, look, the other guy is Jonathan VR. He's uh, in a top 25 in baseball and on base percentage, which is really good. He's also fifth in strikeouts, which is a weird combination. Um, and there's certainly, for him, room for improvement. Yeah, there's more than meets the eye, as you said. When it comes to strikeouts, it's easy to look at you know the accumulation of them and say, wow, this is really bad. And, of course, it's more bad than good, but the, if you look a little bit deeper – and look at the numbers uh, more closely, there are some good things to this. But as you said, the one part that really kills them is when it's a runner at third, less than two outs, and they get the whiff, and you can't get that guy home uh, without benefit of a base hit. So that's where it really hurts the team, something that uh, they'll look to shore up in 2017 for sure. Uh, One guy that's uh, not striking out a ton, obviously Ryan Braun. He's made plenty of contact all year, Adam, and he's reached – 30 homers in a season for the first time in, I believe, four or five years since the year after he won, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the MVP. And uh, I want to throw a, a little trivia at you right now because this is something that kind of floored me. As I'm looking up, uh, you know, Ryan Braun, how many multi-homer games he's had this year as he had one against the Cubs, that was his sixth of the year. Only one player in baseball has more multi-homer games than Ryan Braun. I want to give you – I'll give you three guesses, and I'm, I'm guessing you're not going to come close unless this is something you've already looked up yourself. So No, it's not. You know, I, I – wow, that's a – so it's, it's not going to be going to the obvious guys because I guess like Chris Davis from, or Trumbo. Incorrect. I'll help I you out a little bit. Okay. It's, it's a National League guy. Okay. And I'm trying to think if there's a uh, National League guy, right-handed batter. I'll, I'll, I'll hmm. give you that. Um, how about Jake Lamb? Oh, that's an excellent guess. And I'll, it's wrong, but it's the same team. What's your next guess? Oh, same, same team, right-handed batter. Oh, is it Gene Segura? No, no. Yeah. Uh, that would be pretty good because he has, he'd have about a multi-homer. I mean, then Goldschmidt. Not Goldie either. Good God, I'm going to go through the whole line. I told you it was tough. <laughs> uh, I think the guy that hits either right before or right after Goldie in that lineup. Jeez. Just, just tell me. Yasmani Tomas. Interesting. you believe okay. that? 
Uh, well, I believe it because you're telling it. Well, there we go. I mean, and nothing against the guy. He, you know, he's an excellent hitter. Obviously, he has seven multi-homer games. And when I looked at that, I was I was floored because, you know, you run through the the laundry list of the big name boppers in baseball, and it's none of them. And it's a guy playing for, you know, I don't want to say an obscure team, but an obscure team in Arizona. They're struggling this year, and not somebody that would come screaming to your mind. So yeah, you have Yasmani Tomas of the Diamondbacks, the most multi-homer games in baseball this year. One of the stranger stats this year. He's got seven. Ryan Braun has six. He's uh, next in line. So getting back to the original topic at hand before a little uh, trivia detour. Uh, when you look at Braun this year, considering the turmoil of the last uh, couple seasons and everything that he's gone through, a lot of it, you know, self-inflicted, of course. But when you look at him this year, is he the most relaxed and rejuvenated that he's been in recent years considering everything that he's gone through? Well, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think it's actually been kind of a stressful year for him because he was just unsure coming in about what this season was going to hold. He had back surgery in October, never gone through anything like that. And it was, you know, I think there was a lot of questions in his head about how this was going to work. And I think that the Brewers medical staff, Ryan Braun, deserves some credit for getting through, you know, especially I remember talking with the All-Star break and he was a little fried. It was a, it was stressful getting on the field. The second half, I think they had a really good plan, stuck to it. There have been planned off days worked in there. Um, and it's been a very, as you said, it's been a productive season. Now, he's, uh, speaking of the multi-homer, he's now a multi-child father. He's out today as we speak because uh, his wife had their second child, a son. And this has been obviously on the radar for a little bit. And they were uh, you know, not quite sure of the timing, but it was going to come down somewhere here in the end. So he's out tonight, and he'll get a, a, you know, that that means a couple of days break here, and, and then hopefully be able to finish the season strong. Uh, it's significant. The the question here in town is the Brewers begin their final homestand tonight. Is is this the last time they're going to see him in a Brewers uniform at Miller Park? And we talked about how close he was to getting traded to the Dodgers. Those are certainly talks that those teams can uh, fire up again in the off season. They're still going to be the Dodgers are still going to be looking to move Puig in all in all likelihood and the Brewers are still going to be in rebuilding mode. So I think there's still a lot of reasons to think that a deal like that could work out. And fans here are perhaps getting their final look at Ryan Bryant Miller Park. Yeah, I think it's uh, there are going to be some ovations coming his way, no question, over the course of uh, the next few nights. And, uh, you know, uh, outside of that, so congrats to him and uh, Mrs. Braun on the birth of their child. That is certainly uh, great news. And Hopefully that can uh, wash away some of the stress he's been feeling uh, with the on-field activities. But then again, he's not going to sleep a whole lot <laughs> for the next few weeks. So it's going to be a balancing act for sure, as, uh, as any dad can certainly attest to. Uh, Adam, we will uh, touch on some injuries, uh, some injury updates uh, next week as uh, all the sands in our hourglass are gone. But an entertaining chat, as always. Uh, Adam McCalvey, a pleasure. We'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.